0: You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Year of the Spirit, Part 6. Enjoy. Father, thank you so much. Holy Spirit, here we are. We left our homes, and we're here right now to worship you, to experience you. Thank you for ministering life to everyone in this place and everyone who's watching through the internet. Thank you for healing and wholeness, for strength and deliverance. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for rivers of living water flowing from our spirits into every system of our bodies right now. Thank you, Father, for depositing in us the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead and that you, by that same spirit, are giving life to our mortal bodies right now. Thank you for healing right now in our mortal bodies. Just receive that, whatever you need this morning, whatever healing you need in your body, just receive that right now. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is giving life to our mortal bodies right now. The very same Spirit, the resurrection power of Christ, go ahead and receive it through Facebook, wherever you're at, just put your focus on the Holy Spirit. This is who He is, this is what He does, He brings life. He doesn't know how to do anything else. He brings life everywhere he's believed in. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering to us this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. It's 2019 and we're in February. It's the year of the Spirit. This is the year where you are walking with the Holy Spirit more intimately than ever before where you're living from here more than ever before instead of here where you're listening to his guidance and direction in your life where you know his voice more clearly than you've ever known it before the Holy Spirit is your life coach And he wants you to maximize every gift, everything he's deposited, everything he he put in you in your mother's womb. He wants you to live life to the fullest. And if you'll just lean on him and follow his lead, he will orchestrate the development, the application, the employment of every gift and talent inside of you. He knows just how to do it. He knows just how to lead you. He knows just how to put you in the right situations at the right time. You know, you're in the right place at the right time with the right people. you're following the Holy Spirit. Say that about yourself. I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. Because I'm following the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is leading us. And we're following Him. Isn't that wonderful? So many Christians don't know the leading of the Holy Spirit consistently on a daily basis in their lives. And we want to change that. I really felt that towards the second half of last year and towards the end, the Holy Spirit wanted to emphasize in 2019 our relationship with Him and being led by the Spirit. By the Spirit of God. A real relationship with the real Jesus by the Spirit of God will absolutely take the limits off of your life. It will. It will remove impossible from the equation of your life. You won't even remember that word anymore. Because the Holy Spirit will take you into. What others call impossible. What is not possible by human wisdom and human strength. We don't want to live by human wisdom and human strength. Been there, done that. It's a dead end. Regardless of how intelligent someone may be, I need the wisdom of God in my life. We're living by the Spirit of God, not by the might and wisdom of man, but by the Spirit of God. And if you're here for the first time, we like to invite people to remove their religious goggles when they come in and take out their religious earbuds. And we invite you to give your full attention to the Holy Spirit because he wants a relationship with you and religion can get in the way of that big time. The wisdom of man, man, man's ideas and conclusions, can block what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Don't resist him. There was a very religious man who loved God in the Scriptures. His name was Saul. He had a tremendous zeal for God. He, He was an expert in the Scriptures. He was trained by the best, but he didn't know God. And his zeal and his wisdom actually turned him against God. He was dragging those who were following Christ out of their homes and putting them into prison. He watched with approval as as Stephen, one of the disciples who was healing people and setting them free, was stoned to death. See, that's what zeal without knowledge can do. It can actually send you in a direction that's contrary to the direction God has for your life. Let go of your religious conclusions and embrace the person of Jesus Christ. You'll be so glad you did. The Holy Spirit wants to teach you how to see. You say, well, I know how to see. He wants to teach you how to see with the eyes of your heart not the eyes of your head. Do you know that we were made to believe what we see (laughs) with the eyes of our heart? We all know the phrase, right? I'll believe it when I see it. What, What does that mean? That's really a very shallow statement. Someone's talking about these eyes, right? They're saying, unless I can see something with my physical eyes, my peepers, unless I can detect something with my five senses, I'm not going to believe it. Now, naturally speaking, even just naturally speaking, at any given moment, there's so much more going on around you than what these peepers can detect. Just in the natural, not even getting into the spiritual just in the natural realm. Have you ever done any studies of, uh, what am I thinking of? Not metaphysics. Um, Help me out, Ant-Man. Quantum physics, thank you. Quantum physics, yeah. Have you guys seen Ant-Man and the Wasp? (laughs) That's not the study I'm talking about. It's a fun movie but they talk about uh, the quantum realm. But the quantum realm kind of freaked out scientists. But it's what enabled us to have tiny technology and all the little things that, the conveniences that we have. But what science, it it kind of rubs classical physics and science the wrong way. And they had to start changing how they thought. They discovered that matter actually changes and responds to waves of energy that matters made up of waves of energy, actually sound. And that it responds to sound and to, the, to the, uh, the entities, the people who are in the midst of it. That it seems to be waiting for your direction. See, man really doesn't have a clue when it comes to what's really going on in the subatomic realm. Jesus does. He made it. He said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. The atmosphere around you will change when you put your faith in Christ. When you begin to grab a hold of who he is and what he's done for you and you speak with your mouth and believe in your heart to your circumstances, they have to change. They have no option. The Holy Spirit wants to teach you how to see into the unseen. So what you really believe, and this is not a a religion, we're not talking about a tenets of faith, we're talking about what's really going on in here. I I can fill in all the right answers on a test, but I'm talking about what you really believe in here when no one else is around. What you really believe in here is what you become. When the two blind men came to Jesus, he said, What do you want me to do for you in Matthew chapter 9? He said, Lord, we want to receive our sight. He said, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? He said, Yes. And the message translation, he said, Become what you believe. This is not a new age philosophy. This is not about positive thinking. This is about realizing how this universe was created. It was created by a a perfect God whose perfect love who spoke what He wanted into existence and made us in His image. What you believe is paramount. You see, what you see is determined by what you believe. We can say it this way, your beliefs are the window the eyes of your heart look through. Whether that's good or bad. If I have negative beliefs about God and myself, I'm going to see life through that window. Whether it's true or not doesn't matter. Your beliefs truly are the foundation of your life, whether you believe it or not. You don't ever have to go to church. You don't ever have to read your Bible. Everyone has beliefs. Some people aren't even aware of the word belief, but everyone has them. It's what's deep inside that you move by. It's the stuff that determines why you do what you do. It's the stuff that moves you to make the decisions you make on a daily basis when no one's looking. That's your beliefs. So the Holy Spirit wants to uh, change your beliefs. So that what's in your heart becomes an open door for the will of God to show up in your life. That's how he teaches us to see. See, the, the fight we're in with spirits of darkness is not a wrestling match. It's not because they're strong. Although It says we wrestle against. What's the wrestling? Over your beliefs. That's what Satan's after, what you believe. That's what he wants to change. If you're in a fight and you don't know what your enemy's after, you're done. Because he can fool you. He's after what you truly believe. He's after what's going on in here. And what he's trying to do is to tempt you to believe things about yourself about your situation and your circumstances, about people and about God that are negative, that are wrong. If he can get you to buy in to his temptation of negative beliefs, he can cripple and limit you. He can lead you in a different direction. But the Holy Spirit is on your side. All you have to do is listen to him. You know, this is true of all of us. No matter who you are, you only have one problem. Any human being on the planet only has one problem. You know what it is? Not knowing how good God is. That's the only problem people have. They don't know how good he is. That's the only problem a human being has. They don't know how good God is. Once you realize how good He is, any other problem you may have will be solved. He's perfect love, He's perfect power. He's your personal physician, He's your CPA, He's your financial advisor, He's your real estate agent, He's your broker. He's the one who wants to design your portfolio. He's your employer. He's your destiny maker. He's your righteousness. He's your shepherd. He's your shield. He's your strength. And He's your protection. The only problem you have is not knowing that. Not knowing how much His love encompasses in your life. How good He is. So we've been made in the image of love right of God. God is love. And one of the striking characteristics of human beings is we have an image, a nation. Imagination. Image, a nation. We have the ability to, produces, to produce images inside of us of stuff that doesn't yet exist. No other being Created being can do that like we can. Why did the Holy Spirit give us an imagination to see with? The Holy Spirit wants you to see. Now, Christians have become oftentimes very, very afraid to use their imagination. They've been told it's wrong and you can't do that, and that's Nothing could be farther from the truth. God gave you your imagination. Primarily to experience Him. To see things in your heart you can't see with these eyes. To see things inside to produce images of things that need to show up in your life. I'll give you a simple example from my life. I remember as a kid I was at my grandma's. And I was outside and she had uh, some cats that just lived on the property. She had a farm. And I remember playing with a cat as a kid. And I'm, I remember this very clearly. I, I may have been, I don't know, five years old, six years old. And I'm petting this cat outside. And I didn't know anything like I know today. And we, we weren't in a church that taught the scriptures like you learn here. But I remember I felt like a, a, someone just came up and laid this almost like a see-through blanket on me. And from that moment on, I couldn't be around cats. In fact, it got so bad that if I was, if I walked into a home and they had a cat, my skin would start to, I'd just feel it. They could be on the second floor and I'd feel it. And then my, the, the, the uh, air passages in my chest would start swelling. And getting tight, it was very hard to breathe. And if I didn't get out of there, I wouldn't have lived. I couldn't be in the presence of cats for very long it got really bad in my life what am I talking about your imagination stay with me the Holy Spirit wants to teach you how to see yourself as God sees you fast forward at 19 I start reading the scriptures then at about 26 let's see yeah 19 about 26 years old I started learning about Jesus bearing my sickness and carrying my diseases had known the Lord about seven years but he didn't know that and I started to see myself healed I started inside seeing myself with a cat on my lap and smiling that might not seem like a big deal to you but to me it was life-threatening Okay. I would see myself petting cats being in homes with cats and going And you got to understand, there were times, whether it was due to cats or other things, I had serious respiratory issues. Where I, in, I remember in fifth grade, I'd be in the hospital for weeks on multiple occasions before I could be released because my breathing was so uh, messed up. One time it was a, a three week stay, another time a two week stay. It's a long time to be in a bed hooked up to stuff. So I started seeing myself inside free from this junk that had plagued me for 20 years and then we we you know we, we uh, ended up as we started our family and having children and we got a dog and and our, our kids wanted a cat <laughs> and i love my kids and if they want something i want to get it for them but you know what the devil said you can't get a cat You bring a cat in this house and you know what will happen. And you know what I did? I used my imagination. I saw myself strong and healed. See, that's what meditating in the Word is. See yourself walking in it. See, if you can't walk, see yourself walking and running. In here. That's what your imagination is for. See yourself doing what you couldn't do before. Just imagine in the word day and night. That's what meditating the word means. It means, it means say it and believe it. Amen. Say it with your mouth and see it with your heart. And I began doing that. And one day I'm riding home and I see a sign in a farm says says kittens for free. And I say, I want to get my kids a cat. And I walked into this farm and and I said, where are the kittens? He they said, they're all in the barn. I walked in. I didn't see any kittens. And all of a sudden, this one little guy pops his head out from underneath a, a wagon or something. I said, you're the one, aren't you? And it was on a Tuesday. So we called him Tuesday. And I, I, I brought him home and surprised the kids. And it hasn't bothered me one bit. That was 10 years ago or something like that. Isn't God good? The Holy Spirit wants to teach you how to see, how to see yourself whole, wealthy, strong, wise, spirit-filled, doing what Jesus did and greater things than these. So Tuesday, the cat, he likes to lay on my bed and listen to jazz music. And Jennifer comes in the room, she kicks him out. He's our jazz cat now. (laughs) Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. The Holy Spirit wants to produce images in your heart of the real you, of the healed you, of the strong you, of the happy, joyful, depression-free, fear-free you. That's what he wants to do. All you have to do is let him do it. And he'll do that through the word. He'll bring his word to you. That's why reading his word is so important. Here's Ephesians chapter 1. We'll start in verse 17. This is the former Saul. What was the difference between Saul and Paul? He put his faith in Jesus. And he began getting knowledge of who Jesus was and what he had done for him. And he's writing to the believers in Ephesians in verse 17. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. That's what your imagination is for. It's what the eyes of your heart are for. So that you can experience God daily. Verse 18 in the Amplified. How? By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. I like that. This is what Jesus does. This is what the Holy Spirit does. Year of the Spirit. He's filling the eyes of your heart with light. He's teaching us how to see Him, how to see what He's already accomplished for us, and how to walk in it daily. The eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. How do you recognize areas in your life where darkness has been lingering? Fear. Is there any area of your life where you respond quickly with fear? That's an area you need light in. It's good to know this. Is there an area of life, when you think about it, fear comes? You need light. The light of the Holy Spirit, the light of Christ, will remove that fear. Is there any area that when you think of it, anxiety, worry just triggers in? That's an area you need light in. How do you bring that light in? You find promises of God in His Word, and you imagine them manifest in your life. Right? You have a fear about your children not doing well, something happening. What do you do? Isaiah 54: 13. Great is the well-being of my children. Don't ever entertain a fear about your children again, or grandchildren or great-grandchildren. Any time a fear comes into your mind, you open your mouth and release your imagination. See your children healthy and strong in here. See them happy, smiling and laughing, making uh, Lego towers and running outside and strong and enjoying life. That's what God's given you your heart for so you can manufacture life for other people. That's what your heart is. That's what dreams and visions are for. Your heart was given to you as a factory to produce life. The eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the confidence. That's what that word hope means. The confidence to which he's called you. The fear-free life that he's called you to live. The joy-filled life he's called you to live. And how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. How rich your inheritance is. How wealthy you are right now. That right now your God shall supply all your need according to His glorious riches through Christ Jesus. That's what light brings. It brings this confidence that even though there may be bills and you don't see the money to pay them, you have this confidence that your Father's going to do it. That your Father's already paid them somehow. So that you can know and understand these things. So that you can be sure and certain of these things. Look at verse 19. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of His power that's where? In you. In your heart now it's in you and it's for you now but you'll never experience it if you don't know it if you don't believe it in and for us who isn't that amazing not for us who go to church not for us who are pastors and ministers not for us who've, who've, who've done a lot of good deeds over the years. None of that makes any difference when it comes to what you believe in your heart. It, good, good deeds are, are, are wonderful, they help people, and we want to do those as we're led by the Spirit of God. But what do you believe in your heart about your Father? Now we're going to get into something here. You're ready you've got to know how good your father is. And there are easily the vast majority of believers believing things about their father that aren't good. And that needs to change so that you can experience the resurrection power of Christ that's already in you and for you in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength when he raised Christ from the dead there is no limit to the power of God that is in and for those who believe what about those that are in it's in and don't believe is the power any less no No. same power what's the difference what I believe about it. This will set you free. Don't get mad about this. And I've seen that over the years, people really don't want answers, but they'll come to you like they do. And God has answers in His Word, and when you give them the answers, they'll get mad. I don't get mad when I get an answer, I get glad. Thank you, God, for showing that to me about myself. Now I can change. Now I don't have to keep doing the wrong things I've been doing. Now I can move forward instead of backwards. We love when God brings the answer into our lives. You understand that all of us have some degree of wrong thinking that needs a change in our lives. Right? So inevitably, an answer God has for you is going to rub you the wrong way. It's just inevitable. There are things God's going to say to you that you're not going to agree with right away that might even make you mad and offend you. And religion is one of the biggest tools the devil uses to cause this. So the Holy Spirit's objective is for you to go through life, as Ephesians 18 says, knowing and understanding the confidence of your calling, Knowing and understanding how rich your inheritance is, knowing and understanding the immeasurable resurrection power of Christ that's inside of you now. That's the Holy Spirit's plan for you. That's what your life coach is trying to bring about in your life. You just have to cooperate with Him by believing, yes. not doubting. Okay? So if that's His objective, what's Satan's objective? What's he want? To keep you from believing. Because if this power is, is, is experienced by believing, well, the last thing Satan wants you to do is believe in what Christ did for you, right? Well, how does he do that? By tempting us with ideas about God that change our image of God. See, the truth is God is the mirror you were made to look in. You were made in his image. That's right. You should stare at him every day. Because that's the one you're born of. That's true. If you can't see him clearly, you can't see yourself. That's right. Your true identity is found in him and no other. That's right. You were made in his image through Christ. We were reborn into his image this is so important to God that you have a clear image of him that he sent his son into the earth John fourteen nine. pop that up there right quick Jesus said this he who has seen me has seen the Father if what I believe about the Father is different than the ministry of Jesus than what I believe about the Father is wrong we're going to bring this home, stay with me Hebrews 1.3 talking about Jesus says he's the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his nature your only problem is you don't know how good God is When we look at Jesus, we see him teaching, preaching, and healing. And that's what the Father does. He sets people free. He makes people whole. He makes the lame walk, the maimed whole, the blind see, the deaf hear, the poor rich, the depressed joyful. Yeah. But this is not known in, among so many believers' lives. Let's look at why. Let's look at Satan in action. So although this is true, certainly true about Jesus, that Jesus revealed the nature of the Father to the world, look how what Satan does. Look how crafty he is. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Satan does the same stuff that he did way back in the garden. He operates the same way. Now, in Jesus' day, before we start reading, and today, you realize there are experts in the Scriptures that don't know God? They know the Bible probably better than I'll ever know it. And they don't know God. We saw it in Jesus' day. Experts, doctors in the law, God was standing in front of them and they were accusing and criticizing Him. How can you be an expert in the Scriptures and not know God? Because you can't understand the Bible if you don't know the heart of the one who wrote it. That's true of any letter. Of any writing. You can't understand a letter I write to you. Unless you know my heart. The same is true of the scriptures. Satan knows this. So he's trying to cloud your beliefs. Twist your beliefs. About God's heart towards you. Look what he does here in Genesis chapter 3. Well let's read one, go run, a few verses in 1 and 2 real quick. To get the. The premise here. So God says in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1 He says let us Father, Son, Holy Spirit make man in our image after our likeness. Did He do this reluctantly? He did it joyfully. This was in His imagination. He saw you before He made you in His heart. And let them have dominion, sovereignty, is what that word means. Let them have sovereignty over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God was mad at them. Does it say that? This was thrilling to God. This was the joy of his heart. These were his children. He loved them with all of his heart and he blessed them. God blessed them, empowered them to prosper. And God said unto them, Be fruitful multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion, have sovereignty over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And the Lord God took the man, put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, you shall die, die, the Hebrew says. You will die two deaths, spiritual death and physical death. Yet, the knowledge of good and evil is what so many are searching for. Head knowledge instead of heart knowledge their intellect is what they've exalted rather than the truth of God. And you pay a heavy price for that. Not because God wants that for your life, but because you're giving Satan an open door into your life. This is kind of a sober message, isn't it? That's okay. We want to expose the schemes of the enemy, right? Jesus came to you and have life and life abundantly. It's time to believe him. It's not a small thing to keep wrong ideas about God in your heart. It's a crippling, devastating thing. So here comes Satan. We just read what happened in Genesis chapter 3. Now Satan was in the earth at the time. We're not going to go into all the explanation of that. But he had no power. Man was in authority. Man was the God of this earth. Satan had no authority whatsoever in the earth. He was defeated. He was cast down. So he had to figure out a way to try and get to God's children. Verse 1 of Genesis 3, it says, The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed seen in this realm, in the earth realm, you have to be in a physical body to speak? That's why demons try and possess people. They want to speak things into the earth. They want to affect others. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Has God indeed said, so what's the first thing he's doing? He's questioning her memory and questioning what God has said. It's not a, a real big, blatant, question. It's a subtle one. Watch for the subtle ones that are just a little bit off of what God said. You don't need to be way off, just a little bit. A little bit's enough to shift your course. In fact, uh, one of the things they talk about when you're driving a vehicle, you hear the two-degree rule? That if your vehicle goes off the road, you don't want to do one of these. Because you can flip just a, a, a little little shift two degrees right just two degrees can make all the difference just a little off has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden what if he would have came in and said God's a liar and he's trying to kill you and he hates you and he's stupid no. they wouldn't have gotten anywhere right he's clever he'll do the same with you just a little questioning has God indeed said you shall not eat of every well that's clever I mean that's some good legal verbiage right there isn't that I'm amazed at these offers I get in the mail they're so clever I mean they've gotten really good it used to be like you could spot nice their verbiage is so good but they're still fake of every tree of the garden is that what God said did he say that to them no he didn't did He? the woman said to the serpent we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden God has said you shall not eat so so far she's correct right nor shall you touch it lest you die is that what God said it's not just a little off but a little's enough. That's why meditating in his promises is so important. When Satan comes at you, you can't be a little off. He'll nail you. He'll kick your butt. You got to know what God has said about you. There can be no wavering about what God has promised you when Satan comes. If there's any wavering in you, he'll find it. I just feel this today. Some kind of urgency here. I don't know, I know noisemakers and hats, but this is, I feel it, we're, we're, we're covering something. We need to cover here. Yeah. Satan will kick your butt. I don't like saying that word, but I, this just how it's coming out today. If you're not sure of the nature of God, he'll talk you out of any, everything God wants to do in your life. Right. He will, and you won't know what happened. You'll be sitting around like, God, why, why? And not God. It's that cunning serpent that talked you out of it. Then the serpent said to the woman. So he says, "Oh, I got her. She came the direction. She she bit. She bit the. She took the bait. Right. Now I'm gonna reel her in. This is what he does every time. The serpent said to the woman, "You will not." surely die now what is that, that's a direct contradiction isn't it, right this is, this is, it's getting stronger that's what happens with a con it's just subtle at the beginning but the deeper you go the stronger it gets until you're too deep you can't get out of it be aware of the relationships you're allowing in your life don't, they're, they're, listen, we love everybody but we don't let everybody in our life we don't do that we, we keep a guard up around our heart and our mind you need a guard around your heart and mind you need to protect what God has provided for you you love people but you don't let them into every area of your life the serpent says you will not surely die and now die look what he's doing in verse 5 for God knows that in the day you eat of it Your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, what is he doing? He's turning God into someone evil. Isn't he doing that? He's saying, This this God who made you in his oh I didn't say that. This God that's given you these commandments is really has an ulterior motive. He's insecure, he's petty. And he's going to be upset because he doesn't want you to be like him. Now we read earlier that he already made them in his image, right? How can Satan talk them out of who they already are? Because they're listening to him. Satan has tried to talk me out of healing so many times in my life. And I, was, I didn't look healed, but I knew I was already healed. I had to know that with all of my being because everything else told me otherwise. And he was trying to move me off of that. But when you know it, you're immovable. Don't settle for being anything less than immovable when it comes to the, the promises and provision of God for your life. We're immovable people. If God said it, it's true of us for the rest of time. So when the woman saw, she didn't see this with her heart now. What'd she see it with? Her peepers, right? Her physical eyes. That the tree was good for food, and you can't tell what something tastes like with your eyes. Man, I'm at a time you know we have fruit on our on our island in our kitchen. I see this apple. Ooh, that's gonna be good. And, and, I, and I bite into it, and it's kind of brown on the inside. I'm like, because it's been sitting there too long. But my eyes saw it, and it looked like it was going to be good. You can't tell what something tastes like with these. For it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes... we got some different sets of eyes here, don't we? Their heart changed Immediately. Their heart went from seeing the light to being the lights turned out. The eyes of both of them were opened in what way? Now they looked at each other differently. They looked at each other and they were ashamed. When just a moment before, there was no shame. They were in paradise, enjoying the blessings of God. Now their eyes were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. What was motivating them now? Shame and fear. Anytime you begin to listen to Satan, he's leading you into shame and fear. That's where he wants to bring you. And he'll bring you there if you listen to him. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. Their hero's coming. Their father's coming. He'll make it all right if they'll let him. They should have run to him. But what Satan has said to them is still rolling around in the inside of them. Now they're not sure how good he is. Now they've got the problem that most people have, they don't know how good their father is. How can they come to him if if they believe what Satan told them about him? That he's up to something. He's mad at them now because he didn't want them to be like him. When you start listening to the enemy, you'll run from God instead of running to him. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from their answer. How backwards is that? It's like shutting your mouth when the very thing that you need to eat will will heal you. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord (laughs) among the trees of the garden. Now Romans 5.17 tells us exactly what happened here. I don't want to read that in the Weymouth translation. And then we're going to bring this to a conclusion. This is exactly what Satan was up to in the garden for if through the transgression of the one that was Adam death Satan made use of the one individual to seize the sovereignty what is Satan after? control of your life he was after control of the earth and he got it he seized the sovereignty over the earth that God gave to Adam that was his goal Romans clears it up for us. But then Christ came, all the more shall those who receive God's overflowing grace and the gift of righteousness reign as kings in life through the one individual, Jesus Christ. So when you put your faith in Christ, Satan is no longer your God. He's actually under your feet, right? So we need to receive the abundance of God's grace, the gift of his righteousness, so we can be in our rightful place again, reigning as kings on the earth. Now, how does this apply to us today? Faith in the person of Jesus Christ will give you 2020 vision, physically and spiritually. Why shouldn't you be able to see clearly at 78? Why should you wear glasses? Who told you you need to wear glasses if your eyes start getting weak? Where'd that come from? That just became a standard thing. Okay, I'm having a hard time seeing. Let's, let's go get glasses. Why? Didn't Jesus heal blind people? If he healed the blind, certainly he can keep our eyes strong for our whole life. Didn't Moses have perfect vision at 120 years old, and he didn't even have the covenant we have. And I'll tell you there's a message coming for that. It says in, in uh, Deuteronomy 34, I think it is, that his eyes were not dim, and the Hebrew says his moisture did not, had not fled. He was fully moisturized, fully hydrated. His skin was youthful. You might be shocked to see what Moses really looked at like. In the movies and in pictures, they create him a certain way based on what they believe aging should look like. I'm telling you, there's life for you you haven't yet believed in. It's time to know him in a deeper way. It's time to see. Thank you for healthy eyes, Lord. Thank you for healthy eyes that that can see a, a chipmunk at 300 feet. So what's this all about, faith in Jesus? He wants you to see God clearly so you can see yourself clearly. Listen now. There are many believers and many ministers who teach that Either God causes bad things to happen in the earth, or if he doesn't cause them, that he allows them. Neither one of those statements is true. That's right. But we have scores of believers who believe them. That's not a little thing. That's a huge thing. Yeah. You're believing something that is a violation of the person of God. To say, okay, well, okay, God didn't cause it, but he allowed it. To say that is the same thing. If I say God didn't cause it, but he allowed it, I'm saying basically he had the power to stop that from happening and he decided not to. That's evil. If I have the power to protect my child and I don't do it, I'm evil. The truth is God is not allowing bad things to happen. God is not controlling what's going on in the earth. Jesus was accused of this very thing. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12. See, I like to go to Jesus rather than religious commentary. It doesn't matter to me how popular a minister might be. They've got to agree with Jesus or I don't listen. doesn't matter how long their robe is or how big their church is. They've got to teach Jesus or I'm not interested. Matthew 12, 25. So they're accusing God of being evil, just like that's what Satan always does. Right? Say, God, God allowed your loved one to go through that for some mysterious reason. Satan knows if you believe that, your heart will never be the same until you let go of that garbage you can't believe things about perfect love you, you just can't we can't afford to think that way god's too good so here and there jesus is healing and setting people free and the the scriptural experts are upset about it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and jesus knows their thoughts they're accusing him of doing what he's doing by the power of satan I mean, you can't get any twist more twisted than this, right? But this is what religion does. It criticizes the real gospel. Right. You'd be amazed at the controversy over the book we're using in our Bible study, The Grace Revolution, Joseph Prince. One of the most excellent Bible studies you'll ever be in. And it's amazing, the controversy over that book. The simple gospel presented in a way that anyone could grab a hold of it that will change their lives, and their religious people resisting it. Religious leaders and ministers. So here's Jesus. He knows their thoughts, and he says to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand if Satan cast out Satan he's divided against himself how shall then his kingdom stand and if I by Beelzebub cast out devils by whom do your children cast them out therefore they shall be your judges but if I here it is if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Wow. Or else, how can one, Jesus, enter into a strong man's house? Where's the strong man's house? The earth. Who's the strong man? Satan. He's the God of this world this is exactly what Jesus is saying how can one enter into the strong man's house he came into the strong man's house he came into the earth to set the captives free if God's will automatically happened here he wouldn't need to come cuz Satan became the God of this earth he was stealing killing and destroying Jesus came into his house to set the captives free and spoil his goods that's what Jesus' ministry, he spoiled the goods of the strong man. He made the lame walk, the maimed whole. See, that's Satan's property. Yeah. Satan wants to keep people sick and defeated and broken. And Jesus wants to change that. And spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Jesus saw things clearly. He knew God never caused or allowed anything any bad thing in the earth. He knew it. There are times under the old covenant that God had to respond to the laws that he had given in certain ways. And and we teach this at Highway Church that God cannot do whatever he wants to. That God has limited himself to his word and he will never violate it. And that is a a comfort and a strength. I'm challenging you. Is there anything you've believed about him along these lines? Something that bad that happened in your life and you believe that somehow God allowed that? Change that today. And it's interesting over the years, and I'm not trying to pick anyone out. I'm just, we're all living life on planet earth in the strong man's house. We're all dealing with the same stuff. But interesting, over the years, people would, you know, come and ask for prayer for healing and they'll say, I'd like you to pray for so-and-so. And I don't understand it. This, this person's been such a good person. They pray, they read their Bible, they go to church. I just don't understand why they're sick. That reveals, or they'll say, so-and-so's a minister. They've been a pastor for 30 years. They fed the poor. What does that do? See, that reveals a thinking that we earn our healing. That our good deeds validate us. And nothing can be further from the truth. We can't earn healing. I could be a minister for 100 years. It doesn't matter. I have to know that my healing was given to me through the sacrifice of Jesus. It's by faith, not by works. We believe it and receive it. We don't work for it and earn it. So you, it, it really has nothing to do with how good or bad a person's been. If someone needs healing, they need healing. You can't look at their life and say, well, that came in their life because of this or because of that, or it shouldn't have come in their life because of this or because of that. Listen, we're in the strong man's house. Satan is stealing, killing, and destroying whether you're a goody two-shoe or Robbie Rotten. You guys know Sportacus? What's that show called? Lazy Town. Fun show. Robbie Rotten and Sportacus on Lazy Town. See, your beliefs become revealed as you talk. That's right. And most of the, so many of the times over the years people would come and they'd say they're believing. They're not believing at all. They don't know how good God is. Here's what Jesus said, and we'll close. John 10, 10. Let's let Jesus clear it up. Why did the bad things happen in our lives? Maybe with our loved ones. Maybe uh, with people that we knew. Jesus said very clearly, the thief. Who's the thief? God? Never. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. See, if I believe God allowed something, I'm crippled. I'm not going to have any faith to change the situation. How can I have faith in someone who allowed this? I can't. You can't. You can't. That's why Satan's trying to teach you that. So your faith will be permanently shut off in that area. If God allowed it, who am I to try and stop it? Right? So I've just got to accept it and live with it never because we know how good God is we know he's perfect love we know he came into the strong man's house to spoil his goods I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly let's put the amplified up there I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows man I like that this is the heart of God see we're seeing things differently now. The Holy Spirit's teaching us to see God clearly. He came that you might have and enjoy life, not to rob you of your loved ones. That you might have and enjoy life and have an abundance to the full till it overflows. I mean, if God's a father, as a father, I have joy when my loved ones are around. Not when they're taken away. Boy, religion is such a lie. The Living Bible, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. God's purpose, on the other hand, is to give life in all its fullness. New Living Translation, the thief's purpose is to steal, steal, and kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The Message Translation, to give them more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Louise translation. That they might be possessing life and that they might be possessing it in super abundance. That's the will of God. How do we know? God said so. Jesus said it. That's what's in our hearts now. That's what we believe now. And if there's any area of, a li- of our lives we believe something different than that, we're changing it today. We know now that God didn't cause that, God didn't allow that. He came that we'd have life and life abundantly. It's His pleasure that we prosper. Father, thank you for this time together. Lord, we love it when you challenge us. We love it when you confront our wrong thinking. We love it. Do it more. We invite you to to show yourself to us. Teach us how good you are. Teach us how much you love us. Lord, that we would know with all of our being that you are good. Every way every day and your mercy endures forever Holy Spirit we give you the right of way in our hearts to teach us to see God clearly to remove every wrong belief that we have about our father that his love and resurrection power would be fully released in us to bring about the abundant life Or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.